All right, everyone, welcome back to the Aligned and Well podcast. It is Shawnee here, your host. So I am super, super excited about today's interview. I am bringing in one of my my friends, my colleagues, a powerhouse nurse coach. Her name is Amy Colombo. So I'll just go into a little background on her before we dive into the interview. Um, she is a transformative life and confidence coach, a registered nurse, a single mom to three boys. She is super passionate about personal development and um, and the science and inner child healing. Her personal journey of healing um, from childhood trauma, depression, and rage has kind of led her to serve others by coaching people through these personal transformations. Um, this episode is going to, it may get a little emotional. It may get very deep here because I guess, you know, what we're going to be talking about is considered sort of a controversial topic, but I wanted to give a voice to those who have a similar story to Amy's here. Um, today, Amy is here to talk about her own personal story of teen pregnancy and abortion, you know, publicly for the first time in 29 years. So, um, well, you know, with all the talk of Roe versus Wade making the press lately, there there was this shameful younger part of her that she kind of locked away tightly with this big secret and it was triggered with all of this stuff coming out. Um, and so Amy's message, I think, is just one of, of hope, of healing, of light and love through forgiveness of self and um, an inner child work. And I think that she really wants others out there to know that they're not doomed and that there is hope and healing for anyone willing to do this work. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. Hi, friends. My name is Sean Arsenault, but you can call me Shawnee. I'm a board certified nurse coach and holistic healer. And I want to help you transform your life in a way that feels in total alignment with your heart and who you truly are. Each week, I'll be sharing with you my tips on how to become more empowered in your own wellness journey and create a vibrant, fulfilling life that reflects your values and your truth. You'll hear insightful interviews on different life and wellness topics and stories from myself and other beautiful souls who share my mission of spreading love and light in this sometimes dark world. My hope for this podcast is that you will walk away feeling inspired and more aligned in your purpose. This is your permission to get curious and lean into your intuition as we all learn and grow together. Welcome to the Aligned and Well podcast. Amy, I'm so, so excited to have you on my podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Mm, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we dive into your story, um, can you just share with the listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do? Yeah, absolutely. You you gave a beautiful intro. So I'm a transformational life and confidence coach. I help people by healing their painful past, creating confidence and courage in their present, and daring to create a future emotionally free is really it in a nutshell. And I have been a nurse, a registered nurse 
for my whole career since I was 22 years old. And, you know, I'm transitioning into being a full-time coach and just really feel like I found my passion and my purpose in life with coaching. Mm-hmm. And it's so beautiful that nursing has led me there. And I yeah. just feel really blessed that I get to work with people one on one because right now I'm just working with people one on one. And I get to, you know, witness their transformation. I get to help facilitate their transformations. And there's nothing that I'm more passionate about, uh, which really comes from my own journey of healing, really. Mm, yeah. Um, it, it kind of feel like was the missing piece in my life because I have always been into personal development. I remember back in, I think it was like 2007, watching that movie, The Secret mm-hmm. by Ronald Byrne. And, um, you know, even when I graduated high school and went to college and was taking like sociology courses and psychology courses and anthropology courses, like I always just found them so interesting. Mm-hmm. So I've always been really intrigued by psychology in general. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until I had my own healing experience and realized that I had childhood trauma that like really everything kind of changed for me mm, um, yeah. for a deeper place within. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that your own journey has kind of brought you into this work. Cause I feel like it, it's the story of a lot of different healers having some kind of o- their own healing experience to bring them into the work that they're doing. And because, healing is very personalized and and deep for each individual person. It is really important to do the work ourselves first. And um, so I kind of, I want to know a little bit more about your, your own healing journey and what was it that inspired you to get into this work? Yeah. So um, (laughs) that's an interesting story, but basically I want to tell everyone out there that if you're at your rock bottom moment, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is your beautiful opportunity for getting to the other side of that, which could be your greatest healing. And that's basically what happened with me. I had a rock bottom moment back in 2019, Mm -hmm. um, was really confused, you know, had a, you know, a, a fit of rage, um, scared myself, scared my mom, scared everybody. Um, and went to my therapist and was like, even I knew, I said, I knew that I know this rage is deep within me. Mm. And like, I, I just never knew it would come out like that, you know? Um, so we started talking and then I, I told her like, I'm like, I, Think I, I'm like, I think I was abused, but I really don't know. Like, I'm confused about it, you know? And I started telling her the story of what happened. And then she was like, ah, this all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she told me, and I'll never forget, she's like, yes, you, you were abused. And I still was just confused by it. The reason why I was so confused is because, um, in my home, there was a lot of violence. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of um, things happening, but they were happening to my brother. So like, mm. I was watching them. I was a child, but I was watching them. And it always made me sick to my stomach to see what was happening, but it wasn't directly happening to me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I was always confused that I wasn't the one abused. My brother was the one who was abused. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's because, you know, our abuser had this moral code. He didn't hit girls. Mm -hmm. So he took everything out on my brother. So that was the really confusing aspect for me. But what my therapist explained to me, which was like everything for me was Mm -hmm. she was like, which, which helped me to understand was she's like, you have two children, both powerless and helpless. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, One is enduring the beatings. One is, and powerless to stop them. And one is watching them and is Mm -hmm. powerless to stop them. And she said, neither is worse or better than the other. She said, they're just very different experiences for both children, both abuse. So that was like everything for me, Shawnee. Like I went into this huge, um, and apparently this, this is the thing it's documented because I started reading books about it. Like I just got so Mm -hmm. curious. I needed to know what was happening because I went through this like grieving process, but it was, it was, Oh my gosh, it was so painful. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I had gotten re-traumatized and then the memory started flooding in. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they just started flooding. And and I started remembering things that I hadn't remembered in a long time. And it was like, all of a sudden I saw it from this perspective of like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I can't believe what we survived, you know? Yeah. Yeah. so with that, I stayed in therapy. My therapist helped me. And my therapist was amazing because there were a couple things that she did for me that were everything. Um, and number one was she believed me. She believed me because when I was a child, Shawnee, I was telling everybody what was happening in the house. Like I was, you know, telling everybody I was a big mouth. I was a loud mouth, you know? And I was like, um, interestingly, not telling like my teachers and stuff like that, you know, and not, not sure why I didn't, but telling my aunts, my uncles, like my grandmother, my mother, you know what I mean? Um, and there was just a lot of like, oh, you know, gaslighting, a lot of gaslighting, a lot of denying, a lot of like, Oh, it's not that bad. Oh, like Amy's just making a big deal of it. Oh, Amy just misses her father. Like it was Mm. always just, you know, just dismissed. Um, You know, like you hear happens to people nowadays, right? So when, when my therapist like looks me in the eyes and she like said, Amy, I believe you. You don't have to convince me that this happened. I believe you. Like I broke down and started crying right there. I didn't realize like how just being believed was such a big part of it. Yeah. Um, the other thing was her pointing out to me that yes, I was abused because I didn't know, you know, she said to me the one day, cause I was so confused of telling her a story and she's like, you sound like a typical abused person. You don't even know you were abused. That's what, mm-hmm. that's what she said to me. And I was just like, <laughs> What do you mean I was abused? That's when she told me the story about, like I just told you, two kids. But the thing was, what she didn't have were the tools to help me because I did get re-triggered in my trauma. So they call that getting re-traumatized, which 
mm-hmm. you know about, I know about now as a coach. Yeah. Um, the last thing you want to do is like get somebody re-traumatized. So looking back at it, my therapist was amazing, but talking all that talk and digging up things without these like other kind of modalities that I know about now, like yeah. mindfulness practices and visualization and all of this that can get you in your body and somatically heal you yeah. and calm your nervous system. Um, she didn't have any of those tools for me. So, mm. you know, I was, I was in a bad way and I do remember like just crying and I couldn't sleep and I couldn't eat. And like, I was going through this, you know, um, it was almost like all of those feelings were just locked away and then they had been brought to the surface and I kind of learned on my own Mm -hmm. (laughs) how to deal with them through like reading some books and taking like an inner child healing workshop and -hmm. learned a bunch of techniques to help with that now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, that was where the journey started was in my therapist's office mm-hmm. and just, you know, continues even to this day. I still do inner child work with myself. Now I can do it with myself. Yeah. And, wow. Yeah. That is so, um, that's such a beautiful way to kind of get into inner child work, because whenever people hear that, and I've had a therapist on here before that kind of specializes in trauma. Um, She was like, she was a guest several podcast episodes ago. Um, She was a trauma specialized um, mental health counselor. And we talked a little bit about inner child work there, but, um, but you were kind of saying how you, you start to do inner child work on yourself. And um, that is, it's a really special modality for healing that a lot of people don't even realize they can do on themselves. Like they think it, it only, um, it only can be done in a therapist's office or with a professional. But, um, so you said that some of the stuff that you had been through was kind of, you were re-triggered. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So with this particular instance, you know, just going there, her giving me the permission sort of to let it come up. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because I had just had what I know now, because I had just had that rock bottom moment, that fit of rage, yeah. you know, that came up. I, it's almost like, you know, there's a question I ask, like what wants to happen here? Exactly. What wants to happen? So if you're at that rock bottom moment and you're asking yourself, like what wants to happen? I didn't know back then, but what wanted to happen was this was ready to come up and was ready to heal. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why all the memories started flooding in. So if you're not remembering, there's a reason your body's protecting you, your mind, your soul, it's all protecting you. um, Because when those memories come up, they are painful. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, for every memory that comes up, I'm sure there's so many that, that didn't, but Basically, when those memories started coming up, it just put me in that sympathetic fight, flight, freeze, um, just, and and it was so emotionally painful. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, it was really, really, really focused on my brother, like, you know, because again, I would think back to exactly like the instance that was happening with him. And I would just be mortified because all of a sudden I was looking at it from the perspective of like we were abused and wow, I can't believe we survived that. Um, Mm -hmm. So to have those, those thoughts is scary. I realize now, you know, a couple of the memories 
I have one really, really, really stubborn one um, mm-hmm. that I've worked with with a professional. And, you know, it's the equivalent to PTSD. So yeah. you can have PTSD. And with that, you are right back there. Like, you know, mm-hmm. just like a veteran, they're right back there on the battlefield and the guns are going. It's like for you, that's been abused. You're right back there. You're like, I'm right back there in my childhood home. Just one memory where I'm like frozen on the bed and my brother's getting brutally beaten. And like, you know, I'm like right back there on the bed. Like I'm just Mm. right back there on the bed frozen. And I can, you know, all the thoughts I was having come back to me and um, so that's what I mean by getting re-triggered. You're mm. literally back there and you're feeling that strong, visceral, visceral charge in your body and you're literally there. Yeah. Um, so the other side is there's all these like modalities to go back there in a safer way and calm your nervous system. Yeah. Um, yeah. And kind of take that charge away little by little by little, where yeah. even the charge can completely go away. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but that's what I mean by getting re-triggered. So I was re-traumatized right back there and, you know, had to do tons of things. <laughs> I was doing so many things to get myself through that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um in in the in talking about getting re-triggered, you know, I remember you reaching out to me and kind of wanting to, to share this story because of all the stuff that's been, been going on all the talk about Roe versus Wade. Um, there's a part of you that you had said was like, was triggered. And can you tell, can you tell us a little bit more about that experience and just, you know, what your story is there? Yeah. Interestingly, this part of me, I buried so deep Mm -hmm. um, and only came up with this recent like events with Roe versus Wade. Yeah. Um, Because, um, you know, I was kind of avoiding it and not quite realizing I was avoiding it until like a friend of mine asked me like, what's your take on this whole thing? And I was almost sort of like caught off guard by it. And I was Mm. like, uh, confused in my answer. And I'm like, okay, I already, I know myself well enough. Whenever I'm confused, I'm triggered. So I was like, okay, what's going on there? And then I realized like, I had to go back to my 16 year old because when I was 16, back in 1994, I believe it was, which Mm -hmm. was like 28, 29 years ago. Yeah. I had gotten pregnant as a teenager Mm -hmm. and and had an abortion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with all this talk of abortion, it just kind of was bringing that up. But unbeknownst to me, like I was just trying to kind of avoid it. Yeah. Um. So it was like, wow, in all the healing I've done, and that's what I mean by like, I'm still working through it. There's always going to be layers where, you know, we're work until the day we die. Yeah. So there's always going to be layers that we're going to need to heal. And I had never done anything with that 16 year old that was pregnant and had an abortion. She had never really come into my awareness before because, Mm -hmm. because of whatever, but she came up into my awareness with this. And I was like, okay, we need to go here. Like we need to really get into her mind. So I did my own work with it and I got quiet and I tapped into her 
and I let her have a voice. And Mm. again, it was a really dark time for her. Um, She was in her childhood abusive home, right? Mm -hmm. Um, She was pregnant as a teenager. Um, So, you know, when you're a teenager and you're having sex with your boyfriend, your parents suspect it maybe, but they don't really know. You know, this was like the ultimate proof of like to everyone that, oh, Amy's sexually active, Amy's having sex, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So there was the shame of that. And it was like a no brainer for me. I was like, I am absolutely having an abortion. Um, And I remember it got into an art. My mother found out somehow, some way, I don't even know how Mm -hmm. Um, we got to like this big argument and I was crying. And I remember like the push and pull. I remember what was going on internally about it because it was like, there's no way that I could, there's no way. Like, I was a child in an abused home and I was not permitted to bring another human to the home. (laughs) You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, like I was not allowed to be pregnant. You know what I mean? And there I was pregnant. So my choices were like, have the baby and like, go live on the streets with it or something. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Or bring it into an abusive home, which just, was not an option for me. Right. Um, the other thing was, I maybe didn't know outright that I was abused, but I knew one thing and I knew that I wanted to get the F out of Dodge. Like mm-hmm. I was counting my days until I could get the heck out of my home. So like mm-hmm. being pregnant was like, oh my God, how am I going to, at the time I already knew I was going to college. I was going to be a nurse, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, how am I going to do all of that? Um, and then, you know, my boyfriend too, like we were so young Mm -hmm. and like, he didn't even like come with me. Like I did it all on my own. Like, I just remember feeling like it was my problem to deal with. Right. Um, I remember going that day, remember like the picketers outside, you know, like picketing. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, yeah. And I remember like having the, the abortion and, and being like, I wanted to know if it was a girl or a boy. And they were like, it was too early to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like not feeling good afterwards. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, she had a lot of shame. And when I went back and talked to her, I had to just let her express her truth, mm-hmm. which was all of that. And I will tell you, The hardest truth to deal with is, you know, coming from a Catholic upbringing, Shawnee is, did I just literally murder a child? Like, you know, um, that thought comes up and Mm -hmm. did I just, you know, it makes me still sad when I think those thoughts, Mm -hmm. but did I just, you know, commit a mortal sin and like, am I going to go to hell? And Mm -hmm. am I going to ever be able to conceive? Right. Mm -hmm. And am I going to be punished for the rest of my life for this? Like, those are literally like the thoughts that she had. Yeah. And then she just decided like, well, I'm going to pretend like I never did this, you know? And part of me had already turned on the world at that point. 
I think when I think back to my teenager, I think back to like really just seeing the world as a very unsafe place, a place of pain, like life just is something that needs to be endured. Mm -hmm. Um, But really feeling shunned by God, feeling like if there was really a God, like I would not have been placed in this like abusive situation to begin with. Right. I remember feeling that way since I was a young kid. So I remember part of my way of coping was like, well, I'm going to hell anyway. Right. (laughs) I'm already, I'm like, I'm already going to hell because I'm already shunned by God. Um, I'm having premarital sex. Mm -hmm. I'm drinking every weekend and getting drunk. I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, at the time I was, you know, just starting to do drugs. Um, you know, so it was like, okay, well now I just had an abortion, you know, and like, let me just add it to my list of mortal sins. Like that's what I was thinking. And those were like, that was like the dark, 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 dark truth. And when I went back to her, I had to let her express all that and had to let her just cry, you know, and really feel the pain of all of that. Um, mm-hmm. Then I asked her, like, what do you need? What do you need the most? Like, what did you need the most that you didn't get back then? And it's mm-hmm. like, she needs, oh, she needs forgiveness. Mm-hmm. She needs a healer. She needs support. She needs love. She needs to know that she's worthy, that she matters, uh, that she means something, you know, that all of this that has happened to her doesn't define her. Um, mm-hmm. So when I was doing the exercise with her and coaching her, I was able to hold her and give her that. And then when I was able to come in, I said, let's look at this in a non-judgmental way, which is what we do as coaches, right? Yeah. Let's look at this in a non-judgmental way. Like there's another angle to this. You know, there's a whole nother way to look at this. It's like you were in survival mode doing the best you could. Mm-hmm. You were a child. Um, and did you murder a child or did you save a child from coming into what could have been a really terrible, terrible situation? Mm-hmm. You know, that is something that I think people would see as controversial. But if you come at it from a very non judgmental way, yeah, yeah. You know, I made the best decision that I could at the time in service to that little soul. Yeah. Um, and in service to me, mm-hmm. um, because what kind of a mother would I have been, you know? And again, thinking of my trajectory of the things that happened soon after that, mm-hmm. you know, and there came like a big drug addiction and there just came a lot of partying and a lot of wild behavior. And I couldn't even imagine bringing a child into that. Yeah. Um, and then there's this other part of me that has unwavering faith now mm-hmm. and knows that like God is always there and God is all forgiving and God is all loving. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So if God has already forgiven us for all of our sins, right? And he doesn't pick and choose. It's like, you know, sins are sins. It's like then, then I just literally released that soul back up to where it came from. And that was really the missing piece for me that that soul was never harmed. That soul never knew what it was to be alive. That soul chose to come to earth for whatever reason. And I decided to put it back where it came from, which if souls go back to where they came from, from everything I know and everything that I believe, they're going right back up to God. They're going right back up to spirit world. Mm-hmm. You know, that soul is not damned for an eternity. Yeah. Um, but there's this other piece too. If you're raised Catholic, like I was, mm-hmm. you know, I don't get that child to, I believe it's like the, the baptism, mm-hmm. right? The baptism, when the child is first born. Yeah. They claim that that soul will like not go back up to heaven and it will be in like purgatory or something like that. So it's almost like another layer of guilt for abortion. It's like not just you, the mom will feel guilt, but now it's like, oh, I I sent this soul to purgatory and the soul can't even go back up to be with God. And it's like, now I'm like, "Mm, I don't believe that is true, you know, at all. I, I don't believe that that is true. Um, and I believe that that soul went right back up. So that was the way that I got through that session with that 16 year old. And, and I was able to give her forgiveness. You know, I love doing the Ho'oponopono prayer with. Yes. Yeah. And I was able to do that with her and I was able to forgive her for all her shame, for all her guilt, for all that darkness, for all the, everything that she endured um, and really, really instill in her that she made the best choice that she could. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's it. And, you know, when I talk about it, it still is an emotional, emotional thing to talk about. Yeah. But I know that she's forgiven. And I know that there is hope and forgiveness out there for people. The forgiveness really comes from within because we know, right. Those of us that believe in God and in spirit and something bigger, that that energy, that God is all loving and all forgiving. So we know that God has already forgiven us. We need to forgive ourselves. That's really the missing link because you can say like, God has forgiven me. God has forgiven me. But if you haven't forgiven you, you're still going to live a life in chains, basically. Yeah. You're like you're sort of bound by that unforgiveness. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of things came up for me as you were sharing your story. And I just want to take a moment here to for, of gratitude for you coming on here and sharing this story with us, because it is it's a vulnerable thing to share like the, the depths of this, of this experience that has, um, you know, caused a lot of shame and a lot of trauma. And one of the things that stood out to me as you were talking was, um, was that we choose the thoughts that create our reality, right? So where, 
Whereas, you know, with your upbringing um, and growing up in in the Catholic church, it's like this, there's this thought that comes up that you're doomed and that you are, um, you know, you're almost this like self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, well, I'm already, I'm already going to go to hell. Why? Let's just, let's just like continue on that path or, or there's another thought that, you know, the God that you believe in um, is all loving and no matter what you do, he will still be loving. And he, you know, in the Catholic church, God gave us free will to choose what thought to choose what path we go down. And if he was able, you know, just speaking from, you know, because I I grew up in the Catholic church as well. I don't quite practice it anymore, but just from what I know and what I, I remember is if he was willing to give us free will to choose what thought is, is going to be our reality. um, He must have trusted us a whole lot to be able to make those choices. And so um, when when you chose that that more empowering thought so that you could live a life full of light and like take yourself out of this dark place, what was that like for you? Like whenever you decided to to choose your own reality versus what you have kind of been programmed to believe, what changed for you after that? Mm. Oh, such a good question. And I'm going to tell you, Shawnee, that I'm here with you today as a result of that. I'm literally, I just literally got the chills. Mm -hmm. I literally am telling this story to the world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Like, because I'm confident and free enough to tell it. It no longer needs to be this dirty, shameful secret. Yeah. Um, it actually feels like, oh, like I want to use the word, like it, it feels like it released, like by releasing it from my body, from my being, yeah. it literally makes me feel free. Yeah. Um, and what I want to say is the biggest change in me as a human, when I first realized that I was, you know, had childhood trauma and I started healing from that. Mm-hmm. So I literally used to walk like with head down, shoulders forward. I'd have like tunnel vision. I would mm-hmm. look down at the ground a lot. Um, I, I remember like getting my nervous system would get, get weird in a room full of like a lot of people. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, after I like released that, was able to face it, release it and and release that shame. I remember like I would walk differently, like literally like my, like my back straight, my shoulders back. And like, I'd be able to, now I can walk in the middle of Times square and not feel nervous, like with all of that energy, you know, Uh, Yeah. now I can walk with my head up um, because it's almost like when you're carrying those shameful secrets you're sort of like contracted a little bit in like you're holding in. And then when you release them, which by the way is within everybody's power to do, Mm -hmm. um, 
they can definitely, I definitely believe we need a guide and we need a coach and we need a therapist for, for things, but really they're just unlocking and releasing what's already there. Um, healing the power to forgive, um, the power to transcend, you know, Mm. literally, literally transcendence, like to literally rise above it and to be like even more of the parts of you again, that are always there, but that are just growing, which is confidence, Mm -hmm. courage, right. And like just self-love, um, yeah. yeah, all of that. Wow. Yeah, it's it's even <laughs> hard for me to imagine you as that person who would just kind of shrink up and hide away from people because like I've only known you in this space, you as this confident, vibrant person who has um who who feels so empowered to tell your truth at all times and it's it's great that you are I just want to appreciate the fact that there that there was a lot of work that it took for you to get to this place. And um, so I'm curious, too, as to what, you know, after going through this experience, what is your relationship like with yourself and with God now? Mm, so good. Well, my relationship with myself is the best it's ever been. Mm-hmm. And... I only started having a relationship with myself, really, I would say in 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, before that, I would read books. I would watch things. They would get in me for a minute. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I'd be a different person for a week, but then I'd go right back to where I was. And Mm -hmm. then I'd be like, oh, it didn't work. Like it's, it's, it's done. Like it didn't work. It didn't stay, you know? now that I've really done some deep work, consistent work, and it continues, my relationship with myself is so loving, like Mm. so compassionate, um, just so forgiving, just Mm -hmm. all of that. And I want to say that helps me to be all of those things to everybody else. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're really walking your talk, those sayings make a lot of sense when, you know, I would hear people say like, oh, the way you treat others is is a reflection of how you treat yourself. Um, mm-hmm. I never really knew that to be more true than now. It is so true. Yeah. Um, so my relationship with myself is so much better. Mm-hmm. And my relationship to God is stronger and more connected than it ever has been. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he lives inside of me through his spirit, his Holy Spirit. I, after I graduated from high school and got to college, I started researching like other religions and other faiths and, um, Mm. got outside of my little cocoon of like the Catholic church. And, um, yeah. And I picked something that worked for me. I just found, you know, I found a lot of solace in the Bible in non-denominational Christian churches. I am Christian by faith. Um, I will say that it has way less to do with going to church and even reading the Bible nowadays so much. I don't read the Bible so much, but every day I connect with God through prayer, through meditation, through walks mm. in nature. Um, you know, all of that 
And I feel more connected through those modalities um, than anything else. Wow. uh, Yeah. So I've learned a way to believe Mm -hmm. that feels aligned for me. Mm -hmm. And that really works for me. And when I just keep my eye on the prize, which is love and compassion of God, you can never go wrong. Um, You can never go wrong with just enriching yourself with love, Um, you know? Yeah. I I got chills as you said that just now, because um, yeah, like, I mean, growing up in the Catholic church for me was a little bit traumatizing. And I kind of went on the same journey that you did trying to figure out like, what I actually believe that aligns with me and that creates fulfillment and happiness, because ultimately, like whatever God, spirit, higher power we believe in, it we're we're meant to be happy. Like I feel like we're we're not meant to to go through this life suffering and being miserable, especially based on like the mistakes or or whatever our past experiences have been. And so um finding I think there's a whole difference in spirituality and connection to source to spirit versus religion versus like organized religion. And I think that's like something that I think a lot of people, especially who grow up in the Catholic church or who grow up in a very, um, you know, strict religious belief system. um, That's something that people struggle with. And so one of the things that I'd like to ask you is for for people out there who may resonate with this story for you and who have had a similar experience or know someone who's had a similar experience and are looking to kind of free themselves from that shame what would what would be your like three three tips or three like pieces of wisdom for for those humans out there mm, yeah well the first The first thing is meet yourself right where you're at. So Mm -hmm. the first step to any change is just acceptance. So the thing that you are hating, Mm -hmm. the thing that you want to fix and change so bad, the thing that you can't stand Mm -hmm. is the thing that has the potential to literally catapult you to the other side of it. Um, and the first, first step is just accepting it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So like accepting this is where I'm at, you know, all that, like I would have, should have, could have, I think we get so hung up on, I should have never, I should have never, you yeah. know, even when I went back to that 16 year old, we could, we couldn't go to like, oh, we should have never been having sex. No, we were, and we did, and we're here. Right. Yeah, right. You know, we need to, we need to meet you right where you're at and you're, you know, 16 and pregnant and faced with this situation. Um, we can't go back in time. So yeah. just I would say the first thing is just to be with yourself right where you're at and meet yourself with compassion like you would meet a friend or a daughter or mm. a son in that same situation. People have a hard time doing that. But no, I mean, really, like, really, what would you do? Would you hug that son or daughter? Would you tell them like, it's okay. Like, like there's Mm. nothing wrong with you. Like we're going to get through this. Like you need to tell yourself that Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you need to be that source of love and comfort to yourself. And then the second step I would highly recommend 
going and getting help. Don't do it alone because if it is something that's deep and and shameful like childhood trauma, like like the trauma of of an abortion that has that much connected to it, mm-hmm. um go and get some help. Invest in a coach, invest yeah. in a therapist. Yeah. There no shame in needing help. When you think of the things that we, you know, we pay plumbers to come fix our plumbing, we pay electricians yeah. to come fix our elect- electricity. This is no different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, we're under this false belief that we need to navigate life without help, but we all need help navigating life at some times, you know? Yeah. yeah. The reason why I was able to meet my 16 year old the way I was is because I had already worked extensively extensively <laughs> yeah. for years with somebody before on a bunch of other stuff. And I knew exactly how to meet her and what to do. Yeah. So I, I do, I do still, you know, I do have my own coach and I do need um, different coaches for different things. And I'm always reaching out when I need it because we mm-hmm. all get blocked. Mm-hmm. Um, the third thing I would say, I guess would be my my piece of advice is everything is forgivable. Mm-hmm. Everything is figure outable. I think that's a term from that's a book. That's by a someone. book. Yeah. Marie. Yes. Yeah, some coach, but it's, yeah, <laughs> we got to give her credit. Um, but everything, everything is forgivable. Everything is figure outable. Like mm-hmm. every, everything is healable. Even yes. the thing that you think is not is um, mm-hmm. you can get to the other side of it. And you may need to be persistent and consistent Mm -hmm. and just not give up on yourself. Mm -hmm. But if you do those things, if you just keep moving forward and you don't give up on yourself, you will, you will be able to turn the corner eventually. So. Mm. So good. I just like this this whole message of like empowering yourself. Cause like, while you can, like, while, while I, I, and I definitely encourage getting help and, um, and, and utilizing your resources and asking for the tools that you need to be able to do this. Like, it's so important that, you know, you're also seeing here, every single human has the capacity to do this within themselves. I don't know. I can't really even like say anything other than that because, um, so many people who go through traumatic experiences and who go through really deep seated, like childhood stuff, it's hard for people to see their own power because that child or that, that previous version of themselves was never empowered to do so. And now that we're adults and we can, we have the emotional intelligence, the emotional capacity, the capability to be able to do that on our own, um, it may take some guidance to be able to do that. But once you learn, I mean, it changes you completely into a whole different person. Um, so, yeah, I just I really appreciate you sharing those tips because I think that um, this is going to be so helpful for people out there who have experienced any kind of childhood trauma or have um, gone through all of the experiences of abortion or, you know, navigating that, especially with religious backgrounds. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to share here, Amy, that we haven't touched on? Yeah. I just want to say that childhood is traumatic for most 
even people that feel like, oh, I had a good childhood, like my parents weren't abusive. Think of a child's mind. So when you think of a child's mind and the way you're interpreting things, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know what could have been traumatic for that child. And, you know, those of us that deal with trauma, there's big T, little T, right? Abuse, neglect, violence, um, sexual abuse, all of that stuff. But then there's the little T. There's, mm-hmm. you know, what if you were chronically bullied at school? Um, mm-hmm. That could be big T or little T. Or what if you were just socially conditioned out of being your authentic self, which most of us were? Mm-hmm. Um, that in and of itself is traumatic. Um, And so most people can go back to childhood and definitely hear out that little one and heal that little one, even if you weren't outright abused um, in a sense, because guaranteed there's something traumatic back there that's affecting you today in your Mm -hmm. adult life. Yeah. And, and I want to also just share a quick story was that, yeah. Me going through this with my own 16 year old, I had a client with the Roe versus Wade mm-hmm. who came into a session and had to go back to her 30 year old. Her 30 year old wow. had an abortion. Mm-hmm. And again, it was just the type of home she grew up in. It was out of wedlock. It was this shameful, shameful thing. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, Shawnee, that session was wow, that was a powerful, deep session. And we had to go back and we had to do all that work with that 30 year old that was carrying all that darkness, right. Mm-hmm. And release that for her. So, um, I want to say I was happy to be a teenager when it happened, but I can pretty much speak to anyone out there that has had an abortion anyone that may have to go through it. There's so much that goes on inside your mind and inside your heart, even if even if you're pro-choice, even if you're totally for, you know, women having that choice, you still have that internal struggle. You yeah, know, you yeah. that internal, it's like a it's like a struggle of the soul. You still have those dark thoughts of yeah. what the other side is saying. Um yeah. and that's the truth. And that's the truth that I'm here to talk about today. And then I'm here to say, because I feel like it's the thing that we're not saying. It's like, yeah, um, you know, and that is, that's meeting yourself where you're at. And that's giving a voice to those thoughts, because when you give a voice to them, then you can get to the other side of them. You can release them. You can look at them from a more non-judgmental way. Yeah. Um, it's like but, the ultimate yeah. practice of self-compassion. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I, that's basically, that's basically my message. Self-love, self-compassion, mm-hmm. self-forgiveness really is the answer to healing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, Amy, I am so, 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 so grateful that you we're willing to share this story with us and get super vulnerable. And if you are listening to this and you resonate with Amy, um, you know, she's an expert in inner child work. And if, even if, even if you aren't someone who's gone through an abortion or um, has experienced anything like this, but you, you resonate with the, with the message of healing your inner child and meeting yourself where you're at and giving yourself compassion in that way, 
reach out to Amy. Amy, where can people find you and where, where are you hanging out online? Yeah. Well, people can find me on Facebook and Instagram and on Facebook, it's Amy Colombo with three O's. People always spell my last name wrong. They think yeah. there's a U in there, but it's the three O's. Mm-hmm. And on Instagram, I'm Coach Amy Colombo, all one word. And I'm not sure when this is going to air, but my website is this close to being launched. Yeah. So it's going to be amycolombo.com when it's finally launched. Awesome. So yeah, look me up. I welcome anyone just reaching out, just to have a conversation, um, to have, you know, anything dealing with this stuff. I love talking about, um, mm. and I, you know, do coaching one-on-one with people. So I'm available to talk to anyone that, you know, resonates and really wants to have a conversation with me. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. Well, all of your information is going to be in the show notes for people who want to connect with you. Oh. Amy, thank you for for being vulnerable, for showing up today, and for sharing your message, sharing your light with with my listeners and with the world. Mm, Thank you so much, Shawnee. It was a pleasure being here with you today. Oh, amazing interview with Amy today. I, I have to take a minute here to take a deep breath and to practice a little bit of gratitude because um, I am just so incredibly honored to get to call this woman, my friend, my, my peer, my colleague, um, and that I get to share this space with her. It's just such an honor. She's such a beautiful soul. She's, she's one of the bravest humans I've ever met. Um, And, you know, a part of me was a little bit nervous to share this episode, um, just because it's such a controversial topic. But I think that um, giving a voice to these women who have had these kinds of experiences uh, is so important, you know, and for any of you who resonated with this, who have felt like you needed to hide. um, I'm hoping that this episode brought some hope into your life. And I think that's just really what what myself and, and Amy wanted to put out there with this episode is just this message of light and love and hope um, in in the midst of dark times. You know, the, these are dark times and our world is full of a lot of darkness and hatred and evil. And I think that when we can leverage our own courage, our own strength and um, and listen to each other and respect each other's voices, I think that we as a collective can heal the world, you know? Uh, All right. So if you'd like to connect with Amy, if you would like to reach out to her and follow her, I've left all of her information in the show notes. So please reach out to her, especially if you really resonated with her message, with her story. If you would like to connect with me or work with me in some way, I do offer a handful of free discovery sessions every single month to those of you who are looking to just live a more aligned life and find fulfillment and happiness. Um, I do have a free community on Facebook as well called Heart Aligned Humans. And in that group, we are focused on cultivating deep self-love for ourselves. um, And we offer holistic wellness support to each other. And we are all about creating a life that's aligned with your heart. So come hang out with us. We would love to have you in that community. Um, 
I would also love to hear your feedback. If you are listening to this podcast on a platform where you can leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it. If this episode resonated with you at all, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast and take a screenshot of the episode. Make sure to share it on social media and tag both me and Amy um, on social. We would love to see um, what what you guys take away from this. Thank you so much, everyone. And as always, I'm here to serve and support you in the most powerful way I can. And don't forget, when all is aligned, all is well. Bye, guys.